For the ANA Master Circle podcast, I'm Andrew Sommer. Bringing together subject matter experts from across the ANA and industry leaders, this podcast covers the issues that impact marketers in creating a stronger and more sustainable economic future for our brands and the people they serve. Each month, we'll focus on the 12 growth points of the ANA Master Circle. Today's podcast dives into data, analytics, and technology. As Senior Vice President of the ANA's Data and Technology Practice, Mark Kaline, sits down with Michelle Peluso, Senior Vice President of Digital Sales and Chief Marketing Officer at IBM, to discuss artificial intelligence, blockchain, and achieving data-informed agile marketing at scale. For the ANA's Master Circle podcast, I'm Mark Kaline, Senior Vice President of the Data Technology Practice at the ANA, and we are at IBM Studios in New York City. My guest today is Michelle Peluso, Senior Vice President of Digital Sales and Chief Marketing Officer at IBM. And being at the helm of marketing and digital sales, Michelle and her teams use innovations in artificial intelligence and blockchain to drive world-class customer experience. And today she joins me to share her thoughts on these emerging technologies, their impact on the world, the ways her team are leveraging them to achieve agile marketing at scale. So, Michelle, welcome to our podcast, and thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much, Mark. So we'll start with just a little bit of uh, a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, you, you know, we all read books, and we're, we're all inspired by them. What have you read recently that is has challenged your thinking? Well, I read all the time. So like you, I'm uh, addicted to a good read. You know, it's funny. I recently reread a book that I had loved when I first came, when I first read it, which is Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin. And there's something really extraordinary. It's about the Lincoln years and his incredible ability during a time of great turmoil in the United States to pull together people with different perspectives, often his sort of sworn enemies and figure out what was best for the country. And maybe maybe it's just the time we live in right now that that seems apropos. But but I think more importantly, you know, this this um, really important task we all have as leaders to understand not just the black and the white, but the gray, and to see the world from different perspectives. Um, that kind of empathy, I think, makes us great marketers. So it was inspiring to reread. It sounds it sounds perfect for today's times, actually, uh, because uh, I think a lot of more people could use uh, a little reread on that on that book. Um, well, here at IBM, you you folks have had a long tradition and history of innovation, and uh, on, a, on a customer first culture. Now, from a marketing standpoint, what are some of the trends you see occurring? that are sort of at the crossroads of technology and, and customer experience. Yeah, I'm sure we'll dive into kind of where I see AI affecting mm-hmm. uh, marketing more in, in blockchain, but you know, it's a it's a great time to ask the question because of course CES just happened where all of us think differently about what's on the horizon, whether it's foldable phones or unlimited storage, or of course the next inventions, the drones and the like. But, but one thing that we at IBM really talked about while we were at CES, um, besides quantum computing, and I'm happy to talk about that because I think that's so exciting on the forefront of solving some of the most intractable customer problems. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we talked a lot about Watson advertising and how do you bring AI into advertising. 
uh, Watson ads and end the IBM accelerator with Watson for advertising really aim to do a couple different things. First, to make the process of advertising much more interactive. So instead of having a stale banner that you click on, Watson ads enable customers to have a two-way conversation with a brand. So maybe say what is in your refrigerator, and Watson will help customize a great soup recipe for Campbell's. Maybe talk about what you find important as you're doing your car shopping and buying and interacting with Watson. Toyota will be able to, or Honda will be able to find sort of the perfect car for you. So this idea of interactivity, I think, is a really important trend in customer experience. Um, and then, of course, IBM Accelerator with AI. There's so many places where AI, I think, will reshape advertising and help make sure that consumers have more personalized, more relevant experiences. Well, as you may know, personalization was just named the ANA's marketing word of the year. And out of 300 members, one voted, uh, of the 300 members that voted, one even called it the holy grail of brand marketing with the ability to speak to customers with the right message at the right time in the right medium. And, and, and with that in mind, you know, this accelerator, uh, talk about how that, that helps you keep a close eye on the consumer and, yeah. and customer uh, when you're dealing on a B2B side. Too. We've talked about personalization for a long time in marketing as being the holy grail, right? And I think part of the reason the ANA is elevating it this year and marketers are elevating it this year is more is possible. And what do you really need to have a personalized experience at any level? Um, first of all, you really need to understand the customer. You need to understand more than just what she's clicked on, but really getting into her mindset to understand what her driver are her aspirations. Now we have access to data at such an unprecedented rate that the ability to truly understand our customers is richer than ever before. Um, we can even use things like artificial intelligence, as I mentioned with Watson Ads, to understand her in a more sophisticated way. She's thinking about car shopping, but what did she, you know, she's she's carpooling with her kids to soccer. That's important to her. She thinks about her car. Safety is important to her. She had some bad experiences with other brands maybe before. She doesn't want to be intimidated when she walks into a dealer. So these interactive ads enable us to get a much richer understanding of our customer. Things like personality insights and the like. Um, so you need data, that's for sure. We're at an, a kind of an unprecedented place right now with the amount of data we can access. You need the ability to target. Uh, so you really need to be able to take the right experience and put it in front of her at the right time. So targeting has gotten so much richer in the past couple of years, and certainly uh, artificial intelligence will change that even further. Um, but then I actually think you need something that's very, so you need to change the way you work. Um, and this is why I'm so passionate about the topic of agile at scale for marketers. Agile, of course, being an old school software discipline from a couple, you know, two decades ago. Um, but we here at IBM uh, are the first at scale to have agile marketers all around the world really operating fully in agile. So we've been through tremendous amounts of reinvention of our work, reinvention of our workflows, and training to be true agile marketers. And so when you combine the data, with the ability to target great experiences, with agile teams that can iterate and optimize, you know, cross-functional, small, self-empowered agile teams, that's when I think real personalization is possible. Mm -hmm. Well, it, you've been around the business a little, a little while, as have I. Uh, but what kind of uh, new technologies do you are you keeping your eye on for the future? 
Yeah, well, I, I think that, um, uh, well, let me start with blockchain, actually, and then I'm yeah. going to go back to artificial intelligence. But first of all, blockchain, uh, which is really a trusted uh, trusted sort of store of information, right, a trusted chain of information that all parties can access in a secure fashion. If you think about where, where blockchain is getting traction, it's really getting traction in those complicated supply chains. How do you get leafy green vegetables from a farm to a table, and how do you track the path of that vegetable so that, God forbid, there's a food recall or something, you don't have to wipe the entire grocery stores all across America clean. You know which farm had the problem. You can remove that in a safe way. Plus, of course, consumers want to know more and more about where their food actually comes from. So blockchain and traditional supply chains is having a big effect. What is more complicated of a supply chain than media buying? And right. so if you think about it, 10, 15, 20 years ago, about 80 cents of every dollar we put to work in media made its way in front of the consumer, to the publisher in front of the consumer. Today, that number, just a couple decades later, is like 45 cents on the dollar. So we have this incredibly complicated media buying chain that we're, we've all benefited from in some ways. But there's a lot of problems with it. One, there's a huge amount of waste. A lot of that money goes to middlemen and doesn't actually make its way in front of the consumer. So valuable middle steps, um, but, but certainly less of our working dollars make their way in front of the consumer. Secondly, we have issues of fraud. We all know that. Third, we have issues of brand safety and brand, you know, where is my ad really appearing? Um, and then finally, we have a lot of reconciliation problems. So when you have a supply chain that is that complicated with that many players involved, of course, there's financial reconciliation problems. So blockchain for media has the opportunity to really transform the media buying um, by putting everybody on sort of you know a, a trusted, immutable source of truth. We can take out some middlemen, really understand where our ads are going, improve the reconciliation process. We've been piloting this at IBM with many other you know, leading brands. In our own studies, we're finding that cost per engaged visit is down in sort of the order of magnitude of 20 to 30%. So we're seeing some early signs that blockchain for media will transform marketing in the coming years. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's, it would be um, silly to not talk about the, what's on the horizon from a technical perspective and not talk about artificial intelligence as well. And I mentioned how it's changing the way we interact with consumers. But there's two other big things, I think. First, it's also changing what we know and what we understand. Um, so we see all sorts of models now where we can really understand when someone's in our call center chatting with a chatbot, what's the tone, what's the mood, what's the personality, where is she really? So, so this ability to understand at scale consumers is differentiated. And finally, it has to change the way we work. I have an incredible opportunity to speak with CEOs all around the world and chief marketing officers all around the world. IBM serves most of them. And what you find over and over again is that the companies that have taken AI from proofs of concept to true scale, um, they're reinventing the entire workflow. So for instance, if you're going to apply AI in human resources, you think about the life cycle of HR from when you're writing job descriptions to when you're recruiting to when you're onboarding to when you're making pay decisions to when you're promoting to the employee experience to maybe when someone's retiring to, to skilling and training. So, And you think about how do you remake all of that? Well, we have to do the same in marketing with AI. Um, I told you that the data we have access to is unprecedented. Our teams can't keep up. There's no way our teams can keep up. So using artificial intelligence, we have something at IBM where all of our marketers, our agile squads, sign in every morning and get AI alerts, Watson alerts. 
what was working, what looked really good about your campaign, and maybe some places where the, the Watson recommends that the marketing team dive deep. Maybe programmatic rates or you know conversion rates are really low in certain countries or on certain campaigns, or maybe engagement rate on certain pages is very low, or maybe we're not showing up in uh, SEO at a level that uh, we think is the right level to show up in. So. This idea of bringing AI to help change the way marketers work, I think, is another, and augment uh, marketer capacity is a great experience and great opportunity. Now, there's a couple schools of thought out there, the first of which is that the the uh, infusion of technology into the marketing system actually hinders creativity. And then there's the other side of the camp, which says it actually frees you up yeah. to uh, to make quicker decisions and therefore spend more time. And, uh, you know, being well, I am being... clearly on the other side of the camp <laughs> on that one. I could have probably guessed yeah, exactly. that, though. Is there anything from a content, in terms of AI, content uh, development and, and, and uh, execution, is there, is, talk a little bit about anything you're doing in that space. Sure. Well, first of all, at IBM, we have very firm principles about AI. I mean, it existed for 109 years, you almost... You can't exist, you know, for that long as a high-tech company unless you really are rooted in values. You know, our products change all the time, but the values stay the same. So as we think about ushering AI in, we think a lot about responsibility, that AI is meant to augment human intelligence, not you know, not replace it. And so we've been very convictious and very public about our principles for how we develop AI, how we think about models and training, how we make those models transparent so that... If you're using AI in some of the most important decisions that we as humans make, fraud and risk decisions or credit decisions if you're at a bank or HR decisions, that the models are transparent um, and that we understand how the decisions are being made so that we can all together sort of usher in this era of AI responsibly. That has implications for marketing and marketers as well. And I think, you know, your question about creativity, I see teams all the time that struggle with, you know, when I think about the amount of data we collected at IBM this year, it's probably double what we did last year, which is probably double. I mean, it's proliferating at such a profound rate. There's no way any marketer can keep up with all of that. And so we do need systems and technology to automate and to free up the marketers to really be creative and think differently. When I can get marketers not having to worry or to to hunt through reams of data to figure out what's the problem with engagement rate, is it the page, is it the channel, is it the media, is it, it, you know, uh, and and we operate in 170 countries. (laughs) So when I can uh, give them alerts and point them in the right direction so that they can spend more time on thinking and being creative, that's that's a good day for, for my team here. So I'm, uh, I'm passionate, though, that if you're going to, uh, you know, that, that, that all of this stuff is really interesting complex, that if the teams I see doing the best work and making sure that creativity blossoms and thrives in the environment um, do three things, I think, better than most. One, they know how to ask the right questions. They're not a slave to the data. They're not, you know, sort of mindlessly combing through all of this looking for insights. They really know how to ask the right questions. What are they trying to solve? What would make the biggest difference? So they ask great questions. And they let the data and technology be in service of those answering those questions. The second thing I think they do over and over again, which is they really think about their end-to-end process and are willing to reinvent it. They apply technology, not for the sake of applying technology, but to think differently about you know when would technology or data help a marketer make a better decision? 
what is that, you know, what is her life like as a marketer? And how do you think about that entire workflow and put data and technology at her disposal at the right time? So for instance, you know, we're very passionate about our marketer's user experience. And it may sound funny, but I take the NPS of our tech stack with our marketers all day, every day. Um, and what I want to make sure is if she is seeing alerts that suggest that she's got an engagement rate problem, she can immediately spin up an A-B test, same logon, same capability, even though it's a third-party company, she can spin up a bunch of A-B tests, and the data will be right there for her to make decisions on audience and who should see what. That, to me, when you think about that whole workflow, those teams get it right. And the last thing is you can't do it if you're not agile. I really believe that. I think the most important thing is that we give self-empowered, cross-functional teams the ability to optimize and iterate every day and to learn and grow every day. It's no longer good enough that one team does the brief and they brief in the creatives and they send it to the media and they send it on and then you know months later after it's trafficked in programs, some data scientists are, are reviewing the work. Agile teams have to act every day. That makes tremendous sense. So IBM has for, for its entire history been at the center of uh, responsibility mm -hmm. with data mm -hmm. and, and with technology. Um, how do you see technology in, in the brand, brand purpose sense? Well, I think it's a very important time to ask that question because I think all around the world, people are asking some really fundamental questions. Uh, is everybody going to benefit or is it just going to be a few? Um, are you going to take my data and compete with me or do something that I don't want you to do? Can I even understand your policies, your privacy policies, your data policies? Um, do, are you principled? Do you have principles um, about how you work with me, my data, uh, other clients like me, consumers, et cetera? So I think these questions are coming to the fore more and more. All of us have benefited from the era of convenience that the digital revolution has unleashed. All of us have benefited from the interconnectivity of humanity that mm -hmm. the digital revolution has unleashed. But all of us now want to make sure that the next generation of all this is responsible, that um, we haven't inadvertently seeded these really important values that we hold dear. And so I think being a company like IBM, where it's not something we're just starting to think about, you know, this mm -hmm. has been part of our history, issues like privacy, like making sure that we, own, we serve our clients, we don't compete with them, making sure we explain technology, making sure that uh, with the AI systems, there's really this sort of ability to understand how, how the models and algorithms were crafted. Um, inclusion, diversity and inclusion, a incredibly big part of IBM's culture and history. Matter of fact, it was in the 1950s that our CEO wrote policy letter number four saying that we would never discriminate based on race and gender and the like. And that was a decade ahead of the Civil Rights Act. Our first pay equity as a company was established in the 1920s or 30s, I believe. So we've always been very progressive about some of these issues. Um, and I think now is the time more than ever how we usher new technology and how we make sure all of society is ready. IBM is a program, PTAC, where we work now with over 140,000 young people in, it's, I think it's about 14 countries. On, they, they go to school for six years. This is not like an after-school program where we teach you a coding, you know, once a week after school for a couple months. It's a six-year program. It's a high school and associate degree mm -hmm. program where it's crafted for STEM. It's in some of the hardest neighborhoods, and the results have been outstanding. Um, and we and other companies, we're the sort of founding partner, but uh, other companies sign up to bring these young people in for internships the entire six years and then hire them on the back end. 
And we're, we're showing some extraordinary success from programs like that where we're bringing in a whole new generation that can benefit from the advances in technology and that are trained and ready to take advantage of what the next generation of economic development has to offer. So uh, I'll wrap up here in a second, but uh, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you, IBM works with hundreds, and if not thousands, of, of businesses to help them transform uh, every day. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. <laughs> that's right. And and but but what are some of the, the 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 more unique ones that you've heard of? Where you know whether it's a coffee company or mm. whether it's 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 helping somebody with the weather or, yeah. or some of those things. Well, our job is to help our clients change how the world works, era after era after era. So there's really no industry that. IBM is not deeply present in, and uh, you know that there's so many examples. So um, we're doing, we're, we're taking blockchain in some incredible ways, working with uh, food companies, farmers to really understand how to track, and the implications are profound. Mm-hmm. Um, foodborne illness affects millions of people around the world, and by the way, it's economically devastating to a farmer if there's a food recall, even if it had nothing to do with them, and then all of a sudden the stores are wiped out of spinach for weeks. So things like that where you can take technology and really help make a huge difference in the world um, is profound. Healthcare is another area that we are obviously very, very convictious and committed to. So uh, determining ways that new technologies will augment the capacity of doctors and nurses and caregivers to provide the right treatment to the right patients. And that is another area of you know profound interest. We're really excited about quantum. Um, and we just spent a lot of time at CES uh, announcing some of our quantum leadership. But quantum will help solve some of the most intractable problems that today's computing systems can't solve. So even being able to think about something like research and development, how can you do that not in a 10-year cycle, but how can you think about permutations on drugs and treatments mm-hmm. in a much, much, much more rapid cycle to bring the next generation of treatments to patients even faster? Um, so there's lots of problems that are still unsolved, and IBM is really committed each and every day to rolling up our sleeves with our clients and changing how the world works. Well, Michelle, thank you very much for your time. Uh, for our audience out there, we'll be diving even deeper into AI and blockchain at our upcoming Masters of Data and Technology conference in March of 2020, where we are thrilled to have Michelle as one of our keynote speakers. So visit ANA.net for the full agenda and for all the event details. So thank you again to Michelle Peluso for joining us today, and thank you to the entire communication staff here at IBM for having us. Thank you to our listeners, of course, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and hope to see you soon at the upcoming Data and Technology Conference in Orlando. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the ANA Master's Circle podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and most podcast players. For more information on the ANA Master Circle, please visit anamasterscircle.com. And to learn more about us at the ANA, visit ana.net. The ANA, driving growth for you, your brand, and the marketing industry.